3: Purchase necessary. Void by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: John Ken Show. John Cobalt, Ken Shampo, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Something about Russian
1: refugees that Steve Gregory is going to talk to us later on this hour. It's not just Ukrainians trying to flee that part of the world, but there are Russians, too. who are, Well, they're ending up here. <laughs> the California-Mexico border. Uh, Steve will join us. After 3.30 on that story. Oh, there's
4: unemployment money waiting
1: for them. That, that could be the case, yes. Uh, we're going to start, though, by talking about this uh, China Eastern Airlines Boeing 737 that crashed with 132 people on board into the mountains in southern China. It was a daytime flight, only a two-hour flight. Alex Stone has all of the details on uh, the investigation and what may have happened.
3: Uh, hey there, guys. Yeah, not a lot is known uh, right now, but but we do know China Eastern. They were about two o'clock in the afternoon, heading uh, to Guangzhou, and they they went dark uh, on radar, and they were going down very quickly. We know that they were at about twenty nine thousand feet. Then they went down to about nine thousand feet and leveled off a little bit, and then took a nosedive. Now. Did they mean to go down to 9,000 feet? There are some pilots who are saying that's what you do when you have a problem on board, depressurization, a window blows out, a bomb goes off, that you get down where people can breathe on board and where the pressure on the plane is not as great, that they believe that these pilots were trying to do a rapid descent and then something went terribly wrong. I just got off the line with uh, John Nance. Former 737 captain, now an ABC News consultant. That's his take uh, on this whole thing. He said this.
1: The preliminary data, and there is a lot of it in this accident, uh, tells us two things. Number one, that the aircraft was making what appears to be an emergency descent, and the crew for some reason decided they had to do that. And secondly, at the bottom of that descent, something went catastrophically wrong that brought the airplane down the last 3,000 feet almost vertically.
3: Now, I don't know if you guys have seen the surveillance video, but did. it yeah, straight down, No pitch up to the nose at all. It looks like a a rocket going into the ground. uh, And then it disintegrated in the ground. Technically, it's still a rescue effort that's underway, but there's no way anybody survived. Witnesses who took their motorcycles uh, up there in mountainous remote area of China, they say little bits of the wings, little fragments of things, clothing hanging from the trees. But that is about it. And now they've got to look, where is that cockpit voice recorder? Where is the data recorder? Did they survive? Will they give them some detail on uh, why this plane went down? This was a 737-800, not a max. Uh, It is slightly older design, but the plane itself, only six years old, a a very young plane. Uh, But nobody knows what went on. They don't know right now. How close was
4: it to uh, liftoff?
3: Uh, it was. It had been up for a, a fair amount of time that uh, they were cruising at, at twenty nine thousand, so wasn't right away, and it
4: wasn't near landing yet
3: either. No, no, they uh, they they weren't ready to, to get there either. Planes and
4: falling from the sky in the middle of their journey is extremely rare. Most yeah, yeah, accidents, absolutely,
3: absolutely is are... that brings you back to the the Max investigation when you know why did they all of a sudden Lion Air and Ethiopian Air start going nose down and then they couldn't pull up, but again. This is a a completely different aircraft, different technology. doesn't have the MCAS on board, which uh, is what was behind the the MAX situation. And this is a workhorse of the airline industry. If you book a flight out of Burbank Airport or LAX or John Wayne today, you're probably going to be on what is considered a 737NG, a 737 next generation. That is the 700, 800, or 900. And... All of the airlines, most of the airlines fly them. That uh, This in the U.S., is a, a, it's used all the time. It's flying right now. It'll take off in a minute and then two minutes. I mean, every plane taking off out of uh, Burbank is pretty much this aircraft or a very similar aircraft. So uh, this is one that we need answers on. We need to know uh, that whether you be a pilot or a passenger of what went on. And, and nobody does know right now. And China's going to ground these for now? Yeah, so China Eastern, which is a state-owned uh, airline, uh, they're going to ground them right now. They actually have a very good safety record in China, and I uh, I asked John about that as well. So you think China and, you know, you've got all these new markets and a lot of flying going on. He says uh, they, they actually on par with the U.S., they're very good. China has
2: actually
1: done a wonderful job in the past 20 years of bringing their aviation system uh, up to a very high level of frequency of flights and a very high level of safety. Matter of fact, they're world class, and this is not something that you would normally expect uh, to happen to Chinese airlines, any of them, whether China Southern or China Eastern.
3: Yeah, the, the last time in China they had a deadly commercial airline crash was 2010, when 44 people were lost on a a regional plane so it's been a long time they've got a a robust uh, investigative unit to look into this but the ntsb says that they're uh, sending over an investigator boeing ge who made the engines the faa they're all going to be helping out as well because nobody knows the 737 like american investigators and the people who built it so even though china can do it uh the ntsb saying they have to figure out some travel things. COVID in China is beginning to, to make travel there a little bit more difficult, but they're going to head there and, and try to help them did out. Did
4: your uh, expert address at all why it would go straight down rather than the pilot
3: no, cruising he into a there. crash? The, the data would indicate that they did not go straight down from 29,000 down to 9,000 feet, that they, they appear to have been in control during that period. Uh, that they're at a normal descent rate, a rapid descent rate, not one that we would want to be on, that there have been in the U.S. where they've had to do rapid uh, controlled descents. But this looked like a missile. Yeah, where people thought they were going down, that they had to get down quickly. But then they leveled off a little bit at 9,000 feet. Then they went straight down into the mountains, which they were at about 4,300 feet. So they, they went down another... Uh, what 5,000 6,000 feet and then hit the ground that is the point where nobody knows what went on did they have was the plane coming apart was that why they went from 29,000 down to 9,000 to try to get a little bit of relief less pressure on the plane then something catastrophic happened when they got down nobody knows right now all right thank
1: you very much alex appreciate it you got it thanks guys alex stone abc news for kfi uh by the way most articles I'm reading says, you know, China isn't always forthcoming. Apparently, they're considered aviation wise to be a safe country, but they don't necessarily yeah, reveal if, all their data. And something goes, they don't reveal anything less transparent is what I'm
4: reading less transparent. Oh, they they lie. Regulators
1: release detailed reports in countries like the U.S. and Australia, but not so much with China. So they lie in know.
4: stonewall. They don't want to admit weaknesses to their people, people or to right. the outside world. Russia's are like that, too. And China Eastern Airlines,
1: which is state-owned, is the world's sixth-largest carrier by weekly seat capacity. So this is a major airline. And and we said that the 737-800 actually has a pretty good safety record compared to what we were talking about last hour. And Alex reported on a lot a few years ago, the 737 MAX. Yeah, I see that it was uh, more than three years ago. The crashes were in Indonesia and Ethiopia. Yeah. And they definitely... We're still wondering if it was pilot training. It could have been a problem with the MAX crashes that happened there. All right, coming up next, who wants to poison Putin? Anybody want to poison Putin? Well, that's the rumor, according to Ukrainian intelligence.
4: That and more war update coming up. John and Kent, KFI. <laughs> John and Ken show, John Cobell, Ken Shampoo, KFI, AM640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
1: Well, Steve Gregory went to the US Mexico border down Tijuana, and he talked to some Russians who want in to the United States. And John, you always ask that question. You'll learn about their journey. How they ended up at the US Mexico border from Russia.
4: Now, how do we know these aren't uh spies? Terrorists? Terrorists. terrorists spies? Yeah. I mean, how who makes Putin, this determination?
1: Putin puppets?
4: It could be... Uh, you saw Steve, that question? I mean, he, Saboteurs.
1: He, he, he interviewed them, and so they gave their reasons That's why right. they're coming.
4: Steve can't be fooled. No, he's he'll, got a good eye. He'll be able to pick up right away if these are he's bad guys. He's an investigative journalist. It could be infiltrators. Nobody knows.
1: You know, you could say that the whole show. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, Ukraine is trying to hang on to this city of Maripol... If you haven't heard by now, Russia's bombing just about everything there. And uh, so far, Ukraine is holding on to control of the city. They've also bombed a shopping mall in Kiev. Which, by the way, over the weekend, I learned, John, why it's pronounced Kiev. Kiev was the Russian pronunciation. The Ukrainian language, it's a little different than it comes out more Kiev.
4: Kiev. I see.
1: Yes, and so that's know why that? it evolved over the years. We didn't pay much attention to it, Ukraine, it used to except be, for when Trump was impeached. It used to be K-I-E-V was the spelling. At least That was the, the Russians when, they had, when the Soviet Union had controlled the territory. And now it's K-Y-I-V. That's right. Then that's more in, in line with the Ukrainian language. Ah, I'd explain. So there you go. By the <laughs> way, Mar- Maripol, they, they, they've destroyed 90% of the buildings. I know. There's, I don't know what there is left to def- Where's everybody hiding that's fighting I, off the Russians? Well, wait, that, I,
4: don't, I don't know. They're all standing in the rubble. Saying this is my rubble. No, this is my rubble. I mean, this is horrible what the Russians have done. That's where they blew up the theater. I know, that's where they blew up the theater. And they had an art school where 400 people were taking shelter, and they blew that up? I I just... This is so weird that the world... Apparently,
1: Russia made an offer today, surrender Maripol. It was rejected by the Ukrainian president. In return for what? Well, in return to let people live. Otherwise, we're going to keep plowing through and blowing everything up, so... They're asking, would you stop fighting and surrender to us, and then nobody uh-huh. else dies. And then they go on to Ukraine the next city. Ukraine said no. In fact, Zelensky's calling on everybody. Drive the occupiers out.
4: I so, saw there was a poll. 93% of Ukrainians want to keep fighting. See? Yeah. Well,
1: how yeah. many million have left, though? A 10 million. And it's 44 million, I know, was the
4: population right. of the country. So, uh, I mean, if the news reports are That's right. a quarter. Uh, yeah, yeah, about a quarter have already, uh, already fled.
1: Now, Ukrainian intelligence released this little fun story over the weekend that uh, insiders, elite Russian officers, want to poison Putin and replace him with a chosen successor. They are fed up with the sanctions. It is very hard life now in Russia. They think it's time to for the madman to take poison soup. The Ukrainians this? What does this? he drink? You think, huh?
4: The Ukrainians reported this. This is Ukrainian intelligence. Well, but why would they? Why would they uh, reveal that? I Wouldn't you don't want to know. keep the secret and, and let the bad guys uh,
1: poison Putin? And I tell you who's in a hot seat. You know, they've got this federal security service there, the FSB, which is kind of the predecessor to the old KGB. A man by the name of Alexander Bortnikov, whose director, is the favored replacement. Now, if this story gets back to Putin, he's probably going to give that well, guy the poison tea.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Are really? They- really?
1: Word is you want to replace me? Here, have okay. a drink, my but, friend. But you see what I'm saying? If you're very you're, good vodka, if you're
4: Ukrainian, Sorry, vodka,
1: vodka. vodka. Yeah, vodka. It's, <laughs> it's pronounced vodka. See, I can be Slavic speaking too.
4: It's it's not that hard. Change <laughs> change the V's for a W. No, but what I'm saying is, why, if you're Ukrainian, would you reveal that? Because now this informs Putin that there's a, a coup. Being planned, Wouldn't you uh, shut up and let them... Uh, let them carry out their Well, plot? yeah. You don't want them to uh, know. I Man. don't know. Or is that just propaganda? Yeah, you see, that's what you have
1: to worry about. If it's just propaganda, fun crosstalk to try to I get people worried
4: and nervous. If I knew someone was going to poison my enemy, I'd shut up. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. You know, Telling Putin it says here one of the reasons thing.
1: was the rumors and suspicions within the Moscow inner circle will sow the seeds of paranoia and doubt in the leadership. What they're hoping is that these stories get back to other you, you Russian insiders who go, really? Is this what they're saying? Could this be going on? Maybe I should be a part of this. You want to be on the right side of this after Putin's poison, don't you?
4: Do you I want don't. to be a Putin's uh, food taster? Uh, he's probably got several. Right, but you don't want to be any of them. Probably not, because you being the food taster taster you
1: you fall yeah, dead. I'd be saying I'm not hungry tonight, it's okay, <laughs> thank you.
4: Um, I don't I'm, t- think I'm I, taking the day off. I'm taking the I, week off. I know. you let uh, uh, let Dimitri over here. he'll uh, he'll taste your
1: food. The other troubling story that's making news, I don't know poisoning Putin's a troubling story. Uh, Apparently, Ukraine's (laughs) also—this is all coming from Ukrainian intelligence. Well, this is their Ministry of Defense. Uh, Belarus is going to directly invade Ukraine on behalf of Putin.
4: Mm.
1: The president there is another puppet, Alexander Lukashenko. He's a, a close ally to Putin's. They may help Putin and invade because most reports are this thing's at a standstill right now. Although, you know, time's kind of on Russia's side as long as they can keep their troops supported. That's, you know, the problem, whether or not they have enough supplies. And food. Uh, food to keep going. Have but, you seen uh, this Lukashenko character? The, the, the bald-headed guy with the little A mustache? That bald,
4: bad mustache.
1: He, he looks tall, although I understand Putin's not very tall. But yeah, he's but he, behind he, Putin he, in this picture.
4: Yeah, he looks exactly like you'd expect, one of these uh, Eastern European... Blockhead dictators. Yeah, they are stooges. I mean, they they don't look very bright. They all have beady eyes and empty expressions.
1: Yes. And I don't know whether or not this is, again, Ukraine trying to get us to do more because now we may be attacked by another country. And I don't know much about the Belarus army and military capability, but they're right there on the border. And clearly, if uh, this is what's going to happen, they could back up the Russians and then invading.
4: Yeah. I mean, maybe to a small extent. Because happen.
1: this is apparently recently this guy bemoaned the fall of the Soviet Union, blamed conflicts in Ukraine on the monopolization of our planet by the United States of wow. America. He's, he's playing all
4: the Putin parts here. Well, because he's Putin's puppet. He's got right. Putin's hand up his. Uh, so he, yes. he's, he's got to say all the right things. He insists that Putin is absolutely
1: fit. He's in better shape than ever. He mm. said the same thing about Biden. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs>
4: This is a completely sane,
1: healthy person, physically healthy as an athlete.
4: That's right. Uh, we have a feeble old fool who doesn't yeah. know who he doesn't know. Who he's married to. He doesn't know who the vice president is. Right. Uh,
1: it says here, amid reports of low morale arong- among the Russian ranks, Ukrainian defense officials claim to have obtained documents that indicate Russia has ordered the deployment of young cadets to Ukraine. Putin has repeatedly told his people that the army is not utilizing cadets... But photos of the documents posted online indicate that the defense minister, Sergey Shoigu, has signed an order to the contrary. Cadets are only age 17 and 18.
4: Uh, that's not going to help.
1: Well, that just means they're running thin. As you, they're, he, they're getting I mean, sending a bunch
4: of 17-year-olds who don't want to go. Who may not have even fired a gun. Who, who yeah, who have, have little experience. I I know. I, he doesn't care, though. He's going to kill everybody's son. He's going to kill thousands of Russian sons. I know. But uh, you know, like, every, like California, people just put up with it. Oh, you kill my son for no reason? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Vladimir.
1: All right. Well, we've got Russians at our border. The port of entry of the U.S.-Mexico border in Tijuana. Our own Steve Gregory went there to check out this story about Russians who want to get into the United States. John says they better be vetted carefully, right?
4: Well, I, who knows who they are? All right. That's He's going to take advantage of our, uh, of our stupidity. John and Ken Show. John and Ken Show. John Cobell. Ken Shampoo, KFI. AM 640 live everywhere on the I Radio app. The
1: leading oil-producing county in the state of California is Kern County. And they have sued the governor, along with one of the big oil, uh, the Western States Petroleum Association, causing irreparable harm to workers there who depend on Kern County's 76 active oil fields, they want to get going, particularly now with us not importing any Russian oil, we'll talk to the mayor of the city of Taft up in western Kern County after the news at uh, 4
4: o'clock. Ukrainians are trying to get in over the Mexican border. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes, you're right. And and now Russians are, too. But they're saying the Ukrainians are getting in, but they can't get
1: in. The Russians are claiming they're being denied entry into the United States. Taking a closer look at this for KFI News with Steve Gregory. Who we went to the border to find out what this is about?
2: Hey guys, yeah, I'm still down here at the uh, California-Mexico border, San Ysidro Port of Entry. Uh, just, it's been going on about almost two weeks, from what I understand. There's been a big uptick in Russian families trying to seek uh, entry into the U.S. And as of last night, let's see, Sunday night, uh, it's it's dramatically been reduced because Mexican officials finally stepped in on Saturday moving families out that have been literally camping out in front of the turnstiles and in front of the concertina wire that's uh, right there at the entrance to the US port of entry. And they tell them that there was a big rainstorm coming and they wanted to do it for their own safety. But when we were trying to ask both local police here in Tijuana and also immigration customs officials, no one would tell us where they sent them. And we finally found out from a nonprofit group here. That promotes peace and uh they were they were very vocal but uh they said they basically put them all in a hotel nearby but they wouldn't say which hotel so when i started asking officials which hotel they would they refused to tell us so um but i did find one family uh that was still standing at the gate and um, i'm gonna play for you now cut a this is nadia and nadia and her husband artum and their baby boy samuel w- had one hell of a journey to get here
1: Officers said um, not today, today. maybe tomorrow, Mm, maybe next day.
2: How did you get here?
1: Мы прилетели uh, из России с пересадками в Дубае, Барселоне, добрались mm-hmm. до Мехико Сити и сегодня мы здесь. Барселона, Дубай, Мехико Сити, Мехико Сити, today
2: here. Bus, uh, bus, train, uh, I- 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 Bu- uh, airplane, airplane. airplane. Oh. And we were communicating through Google Translate. So that was her speaking into Google Translate and then for compression of time, uh, then Google Translate would speak back. In fact, in this cut here, uh, when I ask why uh, they want to come to the United States, here's how it went down. Why are you coming to the United States?
1: Is it... Because
2: it's safe there.
4: Our relatives are there,
3: and there is a future for our child.
2: So that gives you an idea of that particular family. Now, that's, you know, what we were kind of figuring out, I was kind of looking at them, and there are photos now at kfiam640.com. Check out the local news page. Uh, We do have a couple photos that have been posted of my interview with this family, and you can kind of see for yourself who they are, what they look like, and uh, young. It's a very young family, but they... If you think about the trip that they took, that's not a cheap (laughs) excursion. If they're leaving from where they live is a little town outside of Moscow to uh, Barcelona, then Barcelona, Dubai, Dubai, Mexico City, Mexico City, Tijuana. Yeah. So that's not a very, very cheap flight.
1: So they are allowing Ukrainians in. But I am looking at a quote here from Majorca's DHS secretary, who said, as for other groups, we're going to have to consider other types of humanitarian aid because... These Russians, some of them I have read said that they were actually protesting the war in Russia. They decided to flee because right. they didn't feel safe. I mean, there's nothing they, they can do to get them
4: in any earlier? No. and Well, and well they can. They're just – they don't want to. John thinks well, they might I mean, be spies. I, I, here, like, or, but here's here's a question that's been nagging at me the whole time. Oh, how do they explain the difference between two million illegal aliens storming over the border for the last year and these relatively uh, few Russians who are fleeing the war like what's the difference
2: yeah that's a good question for immigration customs enforcement when i when i asked them today officially when i started with the local san diego sector to get some information and and you can tell it's so interesting every time you ask a question that has any kind of a level of sensitivity to it or any kind of a level of of politicizing to it they immediately bump it up to dc they will not answer it locally (laughs) Right. And I so all I wanted to know is what's the status, you know, what's what's the criteria, all that stuff. And I got a one-line response, please direct your questions to CBP media relations right. at uh, dhs.gov.
4: Sure, they won't answer they, it either though.
2: You you think did,
1: people yeah, but, you would think people from either country would have kind of an asylum claim as things are crazy there? But
2: Well, yeah, you would think that they've got the the daily news barrage of video as as their evidence. Uh, whereas you know the issues with some of the people coming up from Central America and whatnot, they claim refugee status, but that's more of uh, that's more entrenched in down. poverty as we've seen right. uh, from stats. But the um, but the the feds did get back to me about a couple hours later, and all they did was give me this chart with all these graphs and talked about <laughs> the, the, right. the the rise in you know people from that part of the country. It's only one percent, but then I'm looking at other officials that said more than 8,600 Russians have been. That- coming to the border in the last uh, about the last few months. Okay,
4: and how do they know amongst the 8600 Russians there aren't bad guys in there? Yeah. yeah. Bad guys. I mean well, I mean we're we're an enemy of Russia right now with this war. And they have made all kinds of wild threats about what they'll do if we go too far in support. So how do we know what we're letting in and we don't have uh, a bunch of guys who are going to like disable our banking system
2: for example. Well, presumably, John, we have to trust the system. Ah! We have to t- we, Wait, we have to when trust did you become a comedian? I, I'm just, I'm, uh, I deal in, I, deal, I follow the science, John. Um, <laughs> Great. You so, uh,
1: when Barbara Ferrer.
2: <laughs> I follow the science, John. I see, okay. The political science. And, um, no, I mean, here's the thing. They have a vetting procedure, and it's supposed to be the kind of procedure, and as we've seen, that vetting procedure is not necessarily ironclad. Uh, we've yeah. seen that before many times. We've seen the, the, the revolving door of migrants coming from Central America. And the same, you know, faces are coming in and out, in and out. Uh, the children are being hired out to families uh, so they can claim family status or whatnot. But we've got all kinds of stuff going on. But I will tell you that, um, you know, you've got issues with uh, the, with what's going on in the war, you got issues with what's going on with the State Department. You've got uh, the relationships between Mexico and the United States. The United States at play because then there's the Title 42 issue. Because while we were here, there was a protest, a very large protest, going on of migrants from Nigeria and Central America that are still pissed off because they can't get into See, the country because of Title 42. Okay, just
4: which... what I understand. There's the two million that got here, and they weren't tested, vaccinated, nothing. But if you're in a different group, it's like, well, Title 42, you know, COVID health concerns. You're going to have to turn around and go back. Everything seems random, arbitrary, chaotic, absurd. I don't get it.
2: Well, again, this is why when I try to talk to locals, they bounce me up to the feds. Um, And I will also tell you the secondary gate, which is also a very busy pedestrian gate, has been closed. We walked over there to see if we could speak or find any other Russians, Ukrainians hanging out there. That entire gate, they call it the Chaparral Gate, the entire gate is shut down. And that was the choke point for the last caravan that came up from, the, from Central America. It was completely empty other than some Mexican military that were there guarding. And I'm thinking, that's odd. Why, are, why is that one entire pedestrian gate shut down, but this other one, the San Isidro Gate, is wide open? Uh, the line is absolutely just, it's just mind-boggling when you see how long that pedestrian line and is who, to get into who, the United States. Who's
4: in the line? Is there, are those Central Americans in the line?
2: Uh, well, no, no, no. They're mostly those are mostly Mexicans or Mexican Americans oh, okay. or people with dual citizenship, and they're standing in what they call the general line. And then when you get up to, and then you know, if you have a trusted traveler a Nexus card or a, a Sentry card, you can get into an expedited lane, which I did. And so when we get up to the front there, that's when we ran into this Russian family. They were literally standing there next to the concertina wire, waiting. And as you heard uh, Nadia say that uh, they had spoken to the officers and they were told to come back tomorrow again. But they don't give them a reason. They don't tell them why tomorrow. Why not right now? You know, it wasn't that busy inside. Once you get inside the port of entry, it wasn't that busy at all. But they're not being told why they're having to wait possibly tomorrow to come in.
1: All but, right, Steve. Thanks for that report. You got it, guys. Steve Gregory at the border, U.S., Mexico, Tijuana. And it's about Russians who can't get into the United States. They made a long journey. They're also saying they can't go back. They could be punished for some sort of Yeah, defiance. I wouldn't go back. But
4: we go back. <laughs> my my dad didn't go back after the Soviets took over Poland.
1: Yeah, maybe you have to live in Mexico for a while. You just All right, more uh, coming up.
4: You move on. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken show, John Cobell, Ken Champo, it's KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Alright,
1: one of the other stories that is somewhat connected to the war between Russia and Ukraine. Is local and it's about uh, this property in Bel Air. It's an estate that's 105,000 square feet, nearly a decade of construction. It's still not quite finished. Uh, the property was put on the auction block, it was a bankruptcy auction that was held. And apparently, uh, the people who put it up on the auction block did not get nearly the high bid that they wanted. So they're asking a U.S. bankruptcy judge by the name of Deborah Saltzman for a do-over. And they're saying that because the event was held within a week of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, it scared off a lot of potential big bidders. The high bidder is a man by the name of Richard a Fashion Nova founder, $141 million. However, the list price for this house was nearly $300 million. So they're so disappointed in the high bid, they want to try again, claiming that they traveled all over Europe and other places to publicize the sale. Then war broke out and nobody was interested in bidding. Apparently the property (laughs) did not take in a lot of bids. So uh, one of the... Developers is a man by the name of uh, Niall. Niall Niami said that uh, he has owed $44.4 million in loans made to the project. And he had hoped that somehow a $250 million offer would appear, but that did not happen. And instead, the winning bid was just $141 million. And obviously, the man that made that bid hopes that stands up and that the judge well, says don't... no to a redo because... Uh, this is a massive property that he's excited about acquiring. Don't and they normally like,
4: well, have a, a minimum bid that you have to meet in order to win
1: an auction? Yeah, it's not clear. I think with the bankruptcy rules, it may not have been the case that there was a minimum bid. It's it's not clear in the story.
4: I don't see why you get a do over. You, you put uh, it up for auction. There's no guarantee what price you're going to get it, just because you uh, you know overestimated the interest in it. Right. It's like why do you get a do over? Right. I mean, what, what makes it worth two hundred fifty million anyway? That that's those numbers are arbitrary. People pay that much money because they have it and they're looking for a place to store their wealth or to launder their wealth. But it doesn't. One of the developers argued court that.
1: that it's worth three hundred and twenty-five million. They
4: said there was an appraisal
1: conducted in twenty nineteen where the house is under construction that valued the property alone at
4: two hundred and twenty-eight million. That's only true if someone's willing to pay that. Yeah, I know appraisals are every, only right. every price. Every price is only determined by the buyer. Period. If if the buy if there's no buyer to pay that price, then by definition, it's not worth it. Well, one of the brokers who
1: wants the deal to go through stands to get two and a half million dollars in commissions if the sale's approved. A woman by the name of uh, Rainy Williams, two and a half million. Yeah. And what did they have to do? I mean, basically, they ended up putting it in a bankruptcy auction. How much
4: real estate work is that? It's the same work if you're selling uh, a crappy little stucco box. I know. For $100,000 or or you're selling a $250 million house. It's the same work. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this place?
1: Because it's on your west side there, Bel Air. They nicknamed it The One because apparently the construction has been going on for nearly a decade, which is probably why it ran into credit problems. They must have no that,
4: not that I know of, but there are a number of uh properties that seem to be in perpetual development. One of them I know on, on Benedict Canyon, where a guy, uh very wealthy CEO, he he carved up an entire mountainside. And, and he just had bulldozers just just carving into the mountain. And there was always a dispute whether any of that was legal or not. That went on for years and years. And then there was a house I used to pass every day for years, taking uh, my boys to school. And for seven years, we took the same route. And for seven years, this thing was under construction. And once in a great while, I pass it now, and it's still uninhabited. And it's a huge house. And there's, all, there's always these like murky stories in, involving places like this. All right, coming up next, the mayor
1: of the city of Taft, his name is Dave Knorr, and they're in the news that's in Kern County because they're suing. They want to frack. Is that a word? They want to frack. They want to drill. They want to get going with more uh, oil for California.
4: Coming up next. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM 640
3: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign
0: up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18 plus. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex Annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero game is helping build a better financial future for women retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex start saving now at gamebridge.io visit gamebridge.io slash for current rates full product disclosures and disclaimers and other important information